When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Recap Podcast, a podcast from the Oh the Monster Podcast Network, where we recap the series that just ended, preview the series that's about to start for your Boston Red Sox. I'm your host, Keaton DeRocher, joined, as always, by Bailey Von Schneider. Bailey, we uh, we took a day mm-hmm. to kind of collect ourselves, we and it doesn't it. seem like it helps. Oh, yeah, we, we needed it, but you're right, it did not help. <laughs> no. Alrighty, um, well, let's just dive on into this, because I don't think we need to delay this anymore. Yeah, let's let's no. just uh, get into the game one. It's true. So, game one saw Rich Hill versus Bradish. Bradish was making his Major League debut. Hill, four innings pitch, zero ones, zero, zero runs, one hit, zero walks, four strikeouts. And then he was piggybacked with Hauk, who then pitched three shutouts himself. Then Diekman, Robles, Strom... For the final, um, and then Strom for the final um, third of an inning, and he got the save. All three for the Sox in the second came on Arroyo with a two-run dinger. And so I'm just wondering, because I thought that what a performance from Rich Hill, including we were talking before we jumped on here, that 50 pitches, 35 for strikes, and somehow he just doesn't come out for the fifth. So, like... How did you feel about that? Yeah, I I didn't really get it. Um, 
I, I mean, I guess it was wanting to preserve him after having skipped a start because mm-hmm. he, he had taken a little bit of time away from the team mm-hmm. um, for the death of his dad. Um, but he didn't really need it. 50 pitches through four, 35 for strikes. Like, I, I mean, he can certainly go another. Absolutely. At least. Absolutely. <laughs> certainly not the moment there. Um, was not ready. I mean, I, I feel like maybe closer to 70 would have made a little bit more sense, especially cruising uh, 50 pitches through four. That's yeah. barely 10 pitches an inning. Yeah, and he was, like, cruising through. He was having a no-hitter at one point. It was like, I don't really know what more, like, I don't know what you were seeing, you know, in the dugout that we weren't seeing if you were like, oh, maybe if he sees it, faces them again, he's going to run into trouble. One, it's the Orioles. Come on. Like, please, if if you're going to let him face, like, third time through, like, have it be the Orioles. Have this be the game where you stretch him out a bit. So I'm just truly kind of baffled. I've always said my boomer take in baseball is always going to be these pitchers that just are so babied nowadays. And it's almost as if they're babied so much that it somehow leads to more injury because we're never, we've never seen like Tommy John surgery the way we have lately. So it's like, I don't know what they're doing. I understand that these are investments, but it's not as if allowing him to go beyond 50 pitches was somehow going to be detrimental to the Red Sox in September. I mean, you got to get to September. Right. You know? And it may actually affect him in his next start, too, because now because you pulled him early here, you may have to pull him early again. Mm-hmm. When you had a chance to, I mean, like you mentioned, you could have maybe gone another inning or two and uh, still had him on a really low pitch count. Yeah. Um, but was still incredibly efficient to build up enough of a pitch count where he could have gone deeper in his next start. And now you may have to pull him on a short leash again in Mm -hmm. back-to-back starts uh, and lean heavily on your bullpen again. Uh, So it may end up kind of like coming back to bite you in in the next start, which uh, when you have an opportunity to guys cruising like that, I I think you just got to let them go. I completely agree. And I do like the idea of piggybacking um, with Hauk, but then it brings up the question, like, he was used for three innings. Are they stretching him out back into the starter role? I just feel like so much... There's just been so much confusion. It's just like a cluster mess, I feel like. And I think a lot of the cluster mess happened to be, you know, Hulk's vaccination status and not traveling with the team to Toronto. So then it put um, Whitlock in a position where he had to start. And so it's like, I don't know what's happening. I've always been of the um, the team of I want Whitlock to start because I think he has the pitch repertoire. I think his pitch uh, is better. His pitches are better for a rotation than potentially Hawks are. So if they flip-flopped, I think, um, you know, that's also fine. But I just don't know what they're doing with either of them truly at this point. And I think they need to figure this out and figure it out quickly. Yeah, I, I'm i of the mind that um, having defined roles, particularly with your, your bullpen guys, it's just a much clearer mindset and allows guys to perform at a much better level. Like we've Mm -hmm. seen this bullpen by committee and closer by committee stuff fail over and over again. Uh, Not only with this Red Sox team, but just across the majors in general, Mm -hmm. but even more specifically with this Red Sox team, it happens constantly all the goddamn time and they keep trying to do it. But then as soon as they give people defined roles, the bullpen becomes much more crisp, 
and executes at a much higher level. And I think like from top down, they need to do that like closer on through like long relief mm-hmm. roles. Like here are the guys in situations you're going to turn to. It just allows guys to like better prepare mentally. Yes. And particularly if they're like, all right, how is going to be the guy? He's going to be in the relief. Mm-hmm. So Whitlock can just stay mentally focused on starting. Yeah. And how can just it. stay mentally focused on uh, his relief role, mm-hmm. I think would just kind of be like a, a burden of relief for both those guys, mm-hmm. just knowing what their role is. Um, and obviously with Hulk's vaccination status and kind of uh, limiting him in going to Toronto, which was obviously a factor here with they had a bunch of games against Toronto home in a way, obviously mm-hmm. didn't affect him at home, but yeah. uh, he went a stretch of uh, it's a 10 or 11 games and he only had pitched uh, an inning in two thirds at that point. So if the plan was, well, we still want how to be a starter. Well, now you have to build him back up. Yep. So that's going to take time. And then you're going to flip. And then eventually you're going to go back to Toronto and you either have to hope that he doesn't line up or you're going to have to do this all over again. Yeah. It's going to be a headache. At that point, you're just going to keep him in the bullpen because he's, you're not going to want to be able – you're going to have to, like, re-stretch him out multiple times throughout a season. That's just not going to work. No, I, I agree completely. I, I like the idea of defined roles just for the mindset of people. But I also believe that, like, a closer can come from anywhere. So, like, any one of these guys could be the closer if you just allow them to understand that, like, okay, if you go up to Robles and you're like, you're our closer – oh, okay, I need to know that. Or you go up to Strom and say, you know what, we're going to give you a chance. You're our closer. They at least go in with the mindset of this is my job because we've seen Robles close. We've seen Robles in the eighth. We've seen Robles in the seventh. And I don't think that necessarily bodes well for, you know, like the psyche, especially with these people just being creatures of habit. So give these guys these defined roles. But I do believe that a closer can truly come from anywhere. I don't necessarily think you need to like waste a bunch of money on a Kenley Jansen because I think the perfect example is in 2013, Nobody ever thought that Koji Uehara was going to be the closer for, you know, a world championship Boston Red Sox team. You can find these people. You just have to allow them to be given that role type of a situation. That's how I feel in that kind of a thing. Yeah, definitely. And they have the guys to do it, too. I think so. I really do. Yeah. Game two. Um, Nathan Valdi versus Watkins. Red Sox took the loss 2-1. to Uh, That was... No faults of Nathan Evaldi's. Evaldi oh, uh, nope. went the longest start of a Red Sox starter so far this year. Went seven innings, only allowing three hits, no one runs, no walks, eight strikeouts. Uh, took a no hitter into the sixth, I believe. Here, yep. Uh, <laughs> the Red Sox uh, heavily outplaying Baltimore, uh, having uh, more no hit innings than hit innings here mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> up to this point, and then. Matt Barnes uh, comes in in the 8th, gets credit for a blown save, and then Sawamura in the 10th. Mm. Uh, two runners on, uh, a swinging, or no, it was an actual bunt, back to him. Pop-up bunt, hesitated on whether or not he should try and catch it, let it bounce in front of him, turned and fired it into left field over Rafael Devers' head by about 15 to 20 feet. Mm-hmm. And there's a walk-off error. Um, quite devastating. Evaldi deserved way better than that. Um, not really much you can do about a game like that, but just kind of chuckle to yourself and be like, wow, I can't believe this just happened again. 
Uh, another devastating walk-off to a division opponent, one that really shouldn't have been in that situation at all. Uh, Let's start with the good news, though. Um, Nathan Valdi, uh, he's an ace, right? Yeah, that was a start that dreams are made of. Like I I told you my boomer take, I miss the days of guys going seven just to stay in shape. It's what he did. It was a brilliant seven innings. He is aging truly like a fine wine. It's because he's had two Tommy Johns, but like his elbow is like the healthiest it's ever been at this point. So it's almost like a young elbow in like a 31 year old body. Like he hasn't really had much mileage on it. So in my opinion, that's a like, and he's been knock on wood. He's been healthy the last, you know, we're going into like season three of him being very healthy. He was healthy in 2020, healthy in 2021. So far, so good in 2022. It's just, I think that they need to, you know, we talk about back in the brinks truck up for like Devers. I think they need to do this for Avaldi. I think Avaldi feels comfortable here. He is the Jimmy Fun representative. I think this is a no brainer. Especially if you get Sale coming back and if Sale is healthy, you know, that's something we can never really count on at this point. But let's say he's healthy for the rest of this season and you go into 2023 and let's say he is healthy. Like having a Sale and an Ofaldi as your one-two, like, damn. Like, damn. I I can mess with that. And a Waka is your three? Yeah, like a Waka. I can't even say (laughs) Never thought I'd say that. I cannot say enough great things about Michael Waka. Go figure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they they had a, a note on, during the broadcast of Valdi's game that he has made uh, 46 of 49 possible starts since mm. the start of 2020, Jeez. and that is pretty incredible durability given um, he may have made three of his previous 50 prior yeah. to that. Yeah, <laughs> so truly wild what he's doing. He's just aging yeah. so well. Like, and he doesn't look like he's stopping because, like, the dude still pumps 100, you know? Yeah, just gets stronger and stronger. I believe um, in his the last batter he faced, it was either the last pitch or the second-to-last mm-hmm. pitch hit 99 in the seventh, so he was still feeling it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. On to the bad. Uh, we kind of started <laughs> to hint at it, uh, but the back of the bullpen has been an absolute mess lately. <sighs> Should they have defined roles, and if so... What should they be? Yeah, it's tough. I I really like, you know, Robles gave up that, that one home run, but I mean, nobody is perfect. Even the best of the best, even Mariano Rivera has blown World Series. Like, the, the, the these are humans. So there will be, you know, there will be times where a save is blown. There will be times of struggling. But so far, what he has shown from the late innings, of the late back half of 2021 to now has just been dominance. And I'm to me, I think that's the kind of person that you allow to lose the closer role. I think it should be his, and it's his to lose, truthfully. But that's, that's how I feel about Roseley's. That's pretty fair. Um, I'm in agreement that they should have roles. Um, I think I lean towards Strom getting the first chance just because I think um, I mean you make a really great case for Robles though that's pretty convincing I I think Strom's been the most consistent but Robles' improvement this year has been pretty impressive yeah one of those two I would be pretty pretty happy with I think yeah that actually Robles with the strikeouts probably makes more sense 
yeah, yeah I, I think mean, you, both, I think you convinced me. <laughs> I yeah, think we should both, get the first chance. Yeah. yeah, I think both are great, but like we were just talking, allow them to have the role and allow them to, you know, so you give it, like I say, it's one of theirs. Both of those are great options. So it's one of theirs to lose, but like we shouldn't be seeing one in the eighth and then the next day they're in the ninth. Like, I think you need to consistently see one of them getting the chance to close for the Red Sox. Yep. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. Yeah. So then our last game was uh, Pavetta versus Lyles. We had Nick Pavetta. Don't really know what's going on with Nick Pavetta. Uh, maybe this is somebody who could be a bullpen role. I don't know. Right now he has to be in, really in the rotation just because of, you know, depth. But he went four and a third. He had six hits, three runs. Once again, like um, pointed out earlier before we started, uh, Keaton noticed that all of our starters did not walk anybody. So no walks for Pavetta. Uh, he did have five Ks. And then Cutter Crawford uh, allowed one run before the rain delay. And then he also left with a runner on. And then after the rain delay, uh, Valdez entered and imploded um, because that's just what he's doing lately. Um, he hit a batter kind of like he did last time, walked a batter, gave up a double, and that was the beginning. Um, all four runs were allowed. Um, they were able to make a little bit of a noise in the ninth as JD went and hit a grand slam. But when you're down by another grand slam, <laughs> it's a little too late. Um, so I spoke a little bit about my thoughts on Pavetta. Um, how do you feel about him? The last two starts are encouraging. His mm-hmm. previous start, um, I believe he only allowed a hit or it was like a hit or two. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there's like six strikeouts in four innings. Uh, it was four walks. So that was that part was a little bit rough. Bit of the opposite here. No walks. Uh, too many hits, though. Five Ks is still nice. So they're encouraging. It seems like. Whatever it was that he was working on mechanically is moving in the right direction. It's just not quite there yet, but significantly better than his first two, three starts. Mm. So it it's kind of like, yeah, okay, you know, is it like this is this is your fifth starter kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. Um, he'll, I mean, he left the game with a three. I mean, it was down three one, but. He left the game having allowed three runs. If your fifth starter is giving up three runs and, you know, you should be able to hand it over to the offense to make up the difference. Unfortunately, right now, they can't get anything out of their offense. I am so I don't know if I've ever been more baffled by anything in life than what the heck is going on with the Boston Red Sox offense. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I don't understand it either. It is, it's kind of like a, you know, it's going to get better. It has But it's just to. like, how I don't understand it. Like Trevor Story doesn't have a home run yet after a month. And you're kind of like, what? How yeah, is this and possible? Then people thinking he's going to come here and hit like 45. Um, it's crazy. It's like outside of Bogarts and like occasionally JD, um, 
everybody's just completely MIA with the bats. Like Verdugo started out hot, then he went completely cold. Uh, Rafael Devers just thinks swinging at everything is the way to go. That seems to be a theme for most of these guys. They're just swinging at everything. I don't know if this is a huge loss that we're seeing with like losing our pitching coach. I'm pitching, geez, excuse me, losing our hitting coach when he decided that like, you know, he would leave and then he went to Texas. Um, So I don't know if this is uh, a hitting coach problem. Um, I don't know if it's just somehow it just doesn't make sense. Like an offense that has JD Martinez, Xander Bogarts, Rafael Devers, Trevor Story, Kike Hernandez, like Alex Verdugo, like they should be hitting to the point that JD, I mean, like Jackie Bradley Jr. should not be getting like handed the amount of like flack that he's been given because I'm sorry, he didn't come here to hit. He came here to be, like, the ninth hitter in a lineup that's supposed to be, like, pretty stacked one through seven. And then you have somebody like Bobby Dahlbeck just just apparently forgot what hitting was. Uh, you know, you, and that's a problem. It's like, did Bobby Dahlbeck fool us and Haim into being like, oh, this is fine at least for a year because look at how good he was at the end of 2021 that, you know, we can roll with him for a year when Casas is ready? I, I don't know. I think Bobby is the most baffling because he's so bad right now. <laughs> yeah, it it feels like some bad luck. Like True. on Verdugo's part, mm-hmm. um his BABIP is 100 points lower than his career mark and his expected batting average over the first month um was 308. Mhm. Which is 80 points higher than his no, actual batting average. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> there his, has been some luck for sure, for sure. Yeah, and then from Devers' perspective, even though so yeah, his walk rate is at a cool two percent, <laughs> but his strikeout rate is actually the lowest of his career at sixteen percent, and okay. he's hitting two ninety nine. Hmm. So it's just, but the power just isn't there. Yeah, I mean, just like I mean, it's not there for anybody else. No, it's but he is he so is. Bad. I mean, he's not walking at all, and no. it, that kind of feels like the pressure from everybody struggling. Yeah, and so he's just trying to make up for it and just swing too often trying to hit home and runs yeah yeah needs to to just get on base and kind of let everything just happen naturally and then through that everything else will follow mm-hmm. just kind of like they're pressing a bit yeah absolutely I and agree. just letting the pressure get to them true which, there is a lot of pressing i can you can see that for sure yeah for sure and i kind of don't i don't fault them because i'd be really freaking annoyed too just like yeah. constantly losing one run games and getting walked off in games where pitchers are throwing absolute gems and mm-hmm. it would it would get frustrating and kind of build. I agree. So I I kind of get it. But uh who was your MVP of the series? Oh yeah, it's Avaldi. Yep, same. That was my pick as well. Like I I feel like that for sure. All right, let's take a quick break. Come back and preview the series against the Angels. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. All right, you're up to the minute stats. American League East, Yankees in first place at 16 and 6, Blue Jays in second, 15 and 8, the Rays in third at 12 and 10, Red Sox in fourth at 9 and 14, only a half game ahead of the Blue Jays or Orioles at 8 and 14. Welcoming now the first place in the AL West, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, who are uh, only a game. Game and a half behind the Yankees for the uh, best record in the American League. Um, so, no easy task ahead. Um, pitching matchups we have. Um, it may not be Otani as he left uh, over the weekend with a groin as I was making the notes of this. Um, but I had not seen any update, so I just kind of left that there. Yeah. So, that's questionable. So, uh, potential game one matchup of Waka versus Otani. Game two, Whitlock versus Reed Detmers. And game three, Rich Hill versus Noah Syndergaard. Uh, with or without Otani, how do we feel about those matchups? Um, with Otani, I think it's going to be more of a difficult struggle because the Red Sox struggled last year against Otani in Anaheim. I was at that game. It was terrible. Um, <laughs> I, again, I've, I've liked, I really like everything that Michael Walker has been doing. Um, so if, if it's not Otani, I could, I could potentially see the Red Sox taking that game. I think Whitlock can outpitch Detmers. Um, the third game, Hill, Syndergaard, but then Syndergaard, I think sometimes is a little overrated. So, um, I don't know. I'm going to go my overall predictions. I think the Red Sox, I'm going to believe in the Red Sox. I think they're going to start to turn a corner. Um, I, they're home. Uh, I, I think they're going to, I think they're going to take two, two of the three. My prediction was 2-1 for the Angels, just um, struggling to see how the Red Sox win games right now. Yeah, um, it's so true. I mean, it's so true. I just want to believe. I want to believe. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've, I, was, I was the optimistic one with Bob on the, the last episode, mm-hmm. thinking the Red Sox were going to get a sweep of the Orioles uh... and got punched in the face pretty hard there. <laughs> So that my optimism is a little bit shaken at the moment. So <laughs> I need so to true. I need to see a little bit to to get that spark back. Um, lineup that the Angels are rolling out: uh, Taylor Ward leading off, Brandon Marsh hitting second, Mike Trout hitting third, Otani potentially cleaning up, mm-hmm. Anthony Rendon, Jared Walsh, Max Stassi, Tyler Wade, David Fletcher. Um, this is a pretty pretty deep lineup. Uh, a lot deeper than initially thought coming in. Uh, Taylor Ward is hitting nearly 400 and having a really, really hot start to the season. Mike Trout is doing Mike Trout absurd things, being himself. Mm -hmm. Otani doing pretty awesome things. Brendan Marsh also having a pretty hot start to the season. Um, This team also running a lot. Uh, Ward with a couple steals, Otani with a couple steals, Marsh with a couple steals. Surprisingly, Trout doesn't have any yet. Um, but these guys are running. Um, 
that could pose a new bit of a threat that the Red Sox haven't really seen yet. They haven't had uh, anybody really attempt to run a lot yeah. on them yet. So um, something to watch out for here in this series. Uh, how do we feel about that lineup? Um, the Angels have always had really good lineups. That's sort of been their their issue has always really been pitching. I still don't. I mean, clearly they're fourteen and eight. They're somehow first in the AL West. They've also been pitching really well as of now, but it's still like I don't trust that their pitching is going to be able to hold up. And I think that the Red Sox hopefully. This could be, you know, if they get to them, if they get to a Syndergaard, if they get to Otani, if Otani pitches or if somebody else is in there, that's an advantage for the Red Sox. I never want to see injury, especially to someone who's as dynamic as Shohei Otani. But it's nice to not have to potentially face him, you know, on both sides in a, in yep. this series. So it's a good lineup, though. Yeah, going to be a tough one. Um, that's going to do it for us. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We have a bunch of awesome other podcasts here at the Over the Monster Podcast Network. We have the Over the Monster Podcast that Matt and Brian do. We have the Red Seat Podcast that Jake and I do. And we have the Socks on Deck Podcast that Bob does with a rotating cast of folks. Hopefully you uh, subscribe to the Over the Monster Podcast Network. Get your uh, all your awesome Red Sox news from all of those. Um, you can find both of us at Over the Monster where we do roundtables and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Have you done anything else? Uh, not in a little while. I got to get back on it. It's just uh, my work schedule has just been insane. Uh-huh. Same. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also find both of us on Twitter. You can find me at Spoken Keats. You can find Bailey at Frawline89. Thanks for listening. We will be back later in the week to recap this series and preview the next series, which I uh, also forgot again. So there you can look forward to that. 